Yesterday was a, was a special day for some of us. And uh, it's the day that I think Rhonda Frazier says everybody pretends to be Irish. And, uh, you know, they'll eat your heart out, you know. Uh, but I, I, was, uh, I ran into one of our church members yesterday, and I'm not going to call any names, but she was dressed all in black. And I go, would you, would, would, you, would you not be knowing what day this is, you know? And she, she's, uh, she, she saw that I had a little green on, you know. She goes, oh, I, but it's Saturday. Okay, now the 17th of March can move around every year. Next year, it will be on a Sunday. And I'm just thinking that not only should we have the wearing of the green, maybe we should have the bringing of the green. Okay, the first service appreciated that. I don't know, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna look at a passage of scripture today of someone who did just get lost in him, in a in a marvelous way. Would you stand with me? Let's read from John chapter twelve. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the grace that is in your word, for the, for the life that is in your word and the light. I pray that the Holy Spirit would rest upon each person here. Quicken us. Lord, let these, the things of earth be swept away, Father. And may we be able to hear with ears that are gifts from you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Next week is Palm Sunday, and uh, I'm not actually going to bring a Palm Sunday message uh, uh, because next week I want to, you know, a lot of stuff happened between the triumphal entry and the resurrection, and we don't usually get into that to that stuff, and, and, and we should. So I want to want to talk about that next week. And this week, I'm not going to really talk about Palm Sunday, but I want to talk about something that set it up, that, that set up the events that, uh, that were getting ready to happen. Um, God had prepared these fabulous, these fantastic, these marvelous events. He had prepared them in ages past. Uh, he had prepared the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. He prepared for the uh, for, for the triumphal entry. He prepared for the, the crucifixion. He prepared for the resurrection. Jesus Christ, Paul, first, first Peter, in speaking of Christ's sacrifice, it says he was chosen before the creation of the world. Uh, 
but was revealed in these last times for your sake. And so God, God does have this, this overarching plan that is, cannot be thwarted, is going to happen, okay? Uh, but occasionally there are opportunities for us to be involved in those, in those great plans in a very special way. And, you know, I think we have a tendency to think, well, yeah, if I had been alive during Jesus' time, or if I had been alive uh, with Moses, if I had been alive during the time of the apostles. No, no, right now. Right now, there, there are opportunities far more than we tend to recognize, probably every day, for us to be involved in something cosmic and grand and eternal that God has prepared and God has planned. Uh, and yet oftentimes it just kind of goes by the boards and we don't end up getting involved necessarily in what he's doing. Mary anointed Jesus. She, she had a... Now this was not Mary Magdalene, okay? It was not Mary Magdalene, it was not... Mary, the mother of Jesus, this was, this was uh, Mary, the sister of Lazarus, the one that, that Jesus had, had raised from the dead. And so her, her brother had just been raised from the dead. And she brings this, uh, this very expensive perfume in, and she anoints Jesus' feet with it. And, and I've heard this passage taught on, and usually when I hear it taught about, you know, it's, it's about that sacrifice and really pouring it out, and that's great. That is absolutely great. That, I, I love to hear those sermons. Uh, when I hear this passage discussed, when it just comes up in conversation, usually it comes up in, in, uh, in, uh, in the flow of someone saying, well, Jesus said you've always got the poor with you. And they're kind of saying it in such a way that, well, we don't really have to be all that concerned about them because, you know, they're always going to be here. You, you, you just can't. Just can't stop it. Can't stop them from being poor. Uh, and that's not what, you know, it's not what the passage is about. And it's not what Jesus is, is saying at all. Jesus was simply saying, yeah, they're, they're always here. There are always opportunities to help. But there, there are also times to just listen to God and, and do, you know, do something incredibly, incredibly special. And timing, timing is essential in God's kingdom. T- timing is very important. And, and here's, Here's, here's the problem that we have with helping the poor sometimes. Uh, we have a problem because we think that we're helping them from our resources. See, I mean, if, I, if I'm going, well, I need to help somebody over there. Well, I've only got, you know, I've got this and i got... Boy, and if I give, then I might not have... Uh, as long as you think that it's your resources, then you've got real limitations. But once you understand that it all, it's his, there, there are no limits to his resources. I mean, come on. You know, if you get something in the kingdom, that doesn't mean that there's less for somebody else to get. In fact, usually if you get something in the kingdom, that means that there's more for somebody else to get because of what God has poured, poured into, into your life. Uh, and Mary brought something, she brought something that was worth a year's wages. Now, you know, I don't know this for absolute certain, but I looked it up on the internet, so it's got to be true. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, uh, what I found was that the median income in the United States is, is close to 60, household income. It's close to $60,000 a year. And uh, so Mary brought something 
Can you imagine? Bring, you, you got this bottle. You got this little bottle, and it's and it's worth almost sixty grand or sixty grand. And and the idea is, let's just. I'm going to pour it out. I'm just I'm just going to to pour it out. And she did. She poured it on Jesus' feet. I imagine some of it spilled on the floor. Uh, it, it filled the room with, with fragrance. Okay, that was nice. Uh, and, and Judas, Judas Iscariot, who had not betrayed Jesus yet, though Jesus knew that, that he was the one that was going to, uh, uh, objects, and he's got a great spin on it. Why this waste? And whenever we do something extravagant for the Lord, it almost always can be called a waste by somebody. Why this waste? This could have been sold and the money given to the poor. Uh, we are to be concerned for the poor. No question about it. I mean, he's got, a, he's got an argument. I, I don't know what point in my life, and, uh, but I think I was a teenager when I realized you can make an argument for anything. He, he, he's got an argument. And yes, we are supposed to be concerned about the poor. Isaiah says over in Isaiah chapter 58, where he's talking about fasting, uh, he says, let me tell you what real fasting is. It's not just not eating food. You know, I mean, God says, if that's all you're doing, then am I supposed to be happy about that? He says, this is what I want you to do when you're fasting. He says, I, I, I share your food with the hungry, uh, provide the for the poor wanderer with, with shelter. When you see the naked, clothe them. Don't turn away from your own flesh and blood. And then over in Matthew, when, when Jesus is talking about uh, the, end of ti- the end of time and he's judging, he's judging two groups. Uh, one are the sheep and, and one of the goats and one uh, go to the good place and one go to the bad place. You know what the difference is? How they treated people, basically poor people. I was hungry. You gave me something to eat. I, I was thirsty. You, you, gave me, you gave me something to drink. I didn't have any place to stay. You took me in. I didn't have clothes. You clothed me. So welcome into my Father's kingdom. You've, already, you've actually already been living there, but welcome into my Father's kingdom. Hey, I was hungry. You didn't give me anything to eat. Yeah, so I, the, the poor, it, it's important. And one of the, you know, we do the... We do, we collect a dollar each week, okay? And this is, this is really kind of a, uh, a bunny trail, but I think it's an important one, and then we'll get to where what I really want to say this week. Is. We collect a dollar each week. Uh, and we say for those in need. We used to call it dollars for the poor. You know why we quit calling it that? Because there's such a stigma to that word. Put such a stigma on that word. But, you know, if you're, if you're in need, if you're... If you're, if, if you're poor, what's the, what's the stigma? And the reason why we do it, and I, I just want to lay this foundation again, the reason why we do it is because everybody can afford a dollar. Everybody can afford to bring one dollar. But, I mean, you can get a dollar out of the, your seat cushions at, at, at home in the sofa, but you've got to remember to do it. You've got to remember to do it, to be able to bring it each week. And in doing so, you have to go, God cares. It's something that God, God cares about. Uh, and let me just say this. As surely as David killed Goliath on Tuesday. It's an inside joke for those who actually came last week and heard. Mary cared about the poor. 
She cared about the poor. In fact, I, I think it's more surely than David killing Goliath on Tuesday. But Mary, if somebody was hungry, I promise you she fed them. If somebody was thirsty, I promise you she gave them something to drink. Judas didn't. On the other hand, that wasn't where, that wasn't where he was coming from at all. Judas was the treasurer. He kept the money bag. And when he saw this, he went, there could have been 60 more grand in that bag for me to pilfer out of. And yet he talked about the poor. Now, why did he do that? Well, it's, it's a thing that it's not uncommon. It's a thing that happens quite frequently, and it's called misdirection. Uh, ma- ma- magicians do it all. How many of you know that magicians don't actually do magic? About, about half of you. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. But, but they don't. All right. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. We're not going to talk about Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. But magicians don't actually do magic. All right. Uh, but this, so this is they use misdirection. It's used frequently by, by magicians and politicians. But it's also used frequently by regular people. Yeah. When, uh, when, when Saul was, was told to, uh, to go and destroy the Amalekites com- completely and everything that they have, and he went and he spared the king and he spared the best of the cattle and he spared the best of the flocks, and Samuel comes along and he's busted. You know, why didn't you do? Well, I did do it. Look, I mean, I, I, I destroyed all those and I wiped those out and I, and I brought this to sacrifice to the Lord your God. You know, I did. Have you ever had a situation where you were told to do something and you kind of did it? And you said, I did it? Have you ever had anybody that you gave them specific instructions about something that really needed to be done this way and they kind of did it and they came back and said, I did it. That's misdirection. Yeah. That's, 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 what, that's what that is. And, and Judas used it. But Satan used it. He, he used it in the Garden of Eden, and he uses it all the time on us in the Garden of Eden. If he had come up to Eve and went, tell me, Miss Eve, do you believe, in God, do you believe God's Word is true? Well, why, yes. Yes, I do. Oh, but that wasn't the question. No, the question was, look at this fruit. Doesn't that look good? Do you know what this can do for you? Yeah. Misdirection. Because the issue was, do I believe God's word? But let's look over here and not look at the real, at the real issue. Mary had a history of focusing on the right thing. Mary had a history of focusing on what was important. We, we, we see these sisters actually two other times. One is when Jesus came when their brother died. And, and so it was just one chapter earlier. But uh, earlier in Jesus' ministry, we see Jesus visiting their house. And, and Martha's up and she's, she's cooking and she's cleaning and she's serving and she's getting everything ready. And Mary's sitting there listening to Jesus. Yeah. And Martha comes in and goes, Master. This, this lazy woman, would, would you tell her to get up and do something? Would, would you tell her to get up and help? I, I'm doing everything. I'm doing everything, and she's not doing anything. Would, will you get her to do something? And Jesus, you know what Jesus said to her? Martha, Martha, you, you're worried and upset about so many things. Only a few things really matter. 
Boy, is this a message for us today. You are worried and upset about so many things. Only a few things matter, and really only one. And Mary chose what's best. And it will not be, it will not be taken from her. I'm not a serious all the time person, in spite of what some of you think. It's my family. <laughs> Okay, let me rephrase that. Actually, I don't know how to rephrase it. Okay, I'm not a serious all the time person, in, in spite of what I don't guess any of you think it. But, <laughs> but uh, and that's not what I'm saying. Uh, uh, joy, I like, I love joy. Joy is one of the foremost gifts of the spirit, fruits of the spirit. Uh, it is evidence that the Holy Spirit is in a person's life. Now, you know, we all we go through times of grief. We go, through, we go through difficult times. We go through suffering. But, but joy is evidence. The Holy Ghost is in that person. That, you know, that, that's, that's, one of, that's one of the things. Uh, and I get joy out of different things. I, and I love joy. I get, I get joy out of fantasy football. Mostly because I get to play Fred Jones twice a year. And... We've had this league for like for like eight years now, and it is so great. Fred's, have you ever had a winning record, Fred? You want an equal time? I'm asking you. Have you ever had a, you ever had a winning record? No. Wow. Wow. Can you believe that? Yeah. And 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 and, and I love it. I I don't know if Fred has just given up. And I, and Ken, Ken. I mean, you know. Uh, you've, you've not had a good time till you've gone through a fantasy football draft with Ken Stilger. Because there's no telling what he's going to do. You know? Uh, but you know what? As much as I enjoy fantasy football and Fred losing, I know it's not important. If something important was happening and Fred was losing, I'd be very concerned because I love that man and I'd be concerned about him. Yeah. So I, I, we, and, I, and also I'm not, I'm not a study, 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 study kind of guy. You know, I used to think, uh, and I think maybe sometimes people think, you know, when you prepare a sermon, you go into the holy place. And you, and you agonize, and you bring out the books, and you study, and you do all that. And I have done that, and I have produced some horrible sermons <laughs> with that method. I mean, I've yeah, some real doozies. Uh, but and that's and that and, and it's okay if you if that's the way that you get it, then great. That's just not how I'm wired, you know. I have discovered over the years that the real secret of bringing a sermon is hearing what God wants to say and then building a sermon around that rather than putting a sermon together and go, okay, what is this? What, what did I just say? Yeah. And you can hear what God wants to say in the Holy, or you can hear what God wants to say driving the culvers. Woo. Yeah. Uh, what does God want to say today? I think he has something very specific he wants to say today. And what, what I believe he wants to say to us is that we run a serious risk of having our lives turn into a game of trivial pursuit. Yeah. 
serious risk of it. The important things, the most important things affecting your life, happening in your life, are not going on in Washington, D.C. They're not going on at the State House in Nashville. They're not going on in New York City or Moscow or anywhere. They're going on in your living room. They're going on in your kitchen. They're going on where you work. They're going on where you go to school. They're going on the people that, that you rub shoulders with. There, there's a principle involved here. Paul said to Timothy over in 1 Timothy 4, 8, physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise both for the present life and the life to come. Okay, well, you know, what's going on in those places? It, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of important, but it's not the thing. These are crickets. And uh, I, you know, there's some really ugly pictures of crickets on on the internet, and I and I thought about putting one up and, and going, nobody's going to want to go to lunch now. <laughs> but these are crickets, and the reason why I put that up there is that in order to hear crickets, things have to get quiet. And very often, when I'll pose the question to a small group, "What's God doing?" Only thing you hear is crickets. What is God doing? Now, if I were to say, you know, what is Donald Trump doing? If I were to say, what is, uh, uh, who's the new coach of the Titans? Uh, uh, Mark Vrabel, what, what is he doing? If I were to say, uh, you know, what is, uh, I don't know, famous people. Some, some politician, some athlete, some, some entertainer. If I, they, they would, we know what they're doing. What's God doing? We're more concerned with what we're getting than with what, what we're giving. We're, we're more concerned with eating right than we are with spiritual nurture. Oh, yeah. That, did that hit something? You know, I mean, we'll, we'll, spend, we'll spend all kinds of time and energy. You know, well, what, what's in that? How, how many calories, how many carbs has that thing got? You know, is this, is this paleo? Is this, is, this, is this vegan? Does this have any, is this organic? You know, what is it? Uh, have you read the Bible today? See, the most important thing is the most important thing. Everything else is noise. Every, everything else is misdirection. We're more concerned with Facebook than we are the face of God or the book. This is good. Mary did something that was absolutely foolish in the eyes of the world. Just, just, just totally ridiculous. A, a year's worth of, in, in a, and look, I'm going to pour it out. I mean, she had she had options. She could have she she could have poured out some of it, and that's and that's where most of us would have gone. Most of us would have gone. You know, I really feel like I'm. How about a half a bottle? Maybe 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 a quarter of a bottle. You know, this we got. Yeah, this is that 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 would be good. Sixteen ounces, four ounces. That sounds good. Hey, here, Lord. Yeah, seal it back up. I mean, that worked out so well for Ananias and Sapphira to, to hold back some, you know. 
for, the, for those of you who've actually, you know, read the book. She could have focused on the needs of others, and, and we're supposed to focus on the needs of others, but you know, sometimes, sometimes it's that moment. It's that time. And, and focusing on the other things is just a distraction to keep us from that time, to keep us from that, from that destiny. She, she could have been disobedient. Who would know? I, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody would have kind of gone, I, you know, I don't think John would have kind of gone, uh, Mary, aren't you supposed to? I mean, I'm going to write about it, you know, aren't you? <laughs> no, who would know? Just, just, just her and God. But when we see, when we see with, the, with kingdom eyes instead of worldly eyes, I, this, uh, this last week over in, in Franklin, they held a, a film festival at the, at the factory, and, and the title of the festival was Christian Worldview. And I've used that phrase. I've used it a lot. You know, probably all of us have. We kind of go, oh, yeah, I know what Christian Worldview is. And it finally hit, it hit me this week, though. That's an oxymoron. Christian Worldview? We're, we're so concerned about our worldview that we don't have a kingdom view. But if we see with kingdom eyes rather than, rather than, than worldly eyes and have the courage born of trust and of faith in God and of who he is, then incredible things can happen. Je- Jesus said, leave her alone. It was intended she should Save this perfume for the day of my burial. Do you see, do you see the, the, the three big words there? It was intended. The same God who, who created and called forth the Lamb of God before the creation of the world, the, the same God who, who had the setup for the, the virgin birth, who had the, the setup for the, the wise men coming, who had the setup for the, the cross, who had the setup for the resurrection, for the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, the same God intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. Wow! I mean, seriously. And Mary got to do this marvelous, marvelous thing. One of my favorite movies is Waking Ned Divine. And most of you maybe haven't seen it, but there's a scene in it where they're burying Ned Divine. But this other guy is pretending to be Ned Divine for reasons you have to watch a movie to figure out. And so uh, when the guy that they don't want to know that divine is dead comes in, they change, and now they're burying Michael O'Sullivan. And so they're starting to talk about him. And, uh, and one of the, the line that I really love in it was, wouldn't it be a glorious thing to attend your own funeral? Maybe sit on the front row. Maybe say a few words yourself. Wouldn't it be a glory? You know, people pass and we go, man, we should have done it for them while they were alive. I should have said these things while they were alive. And here's Jesus, and he knows that a week from now, he's going to the cross. And Judas is concerned about having more money in a money bag, and the rest of the disciples are arguing about who's going to be the greatest. And Jesus is going, hey, I'm going to die. And everybody's got to go, what does he mean? And Mary comes in, 
and, and spills a year's worth of perfume on his feet. And I don't think she went, well, he's going to die. I got No, she just knew, I, I, I need to do this. And how, can you imagine how that made Jesus feel? Can you imagine? Somebody, I, she may not totally understand it, but she gets it. She gets it. When Matthew records this incident, Jesus says, Truly I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. 1,985 years later, here we are. Was it worth it? (laughs) Oh, you know it was. And so here's the deal. Let the things of earth be swept away. Let the noise be turned down. We live with so much of it. The next time somebody says, what is God doing? Say something. I mean, it may not be, oh, I got $100 in, the, in, in, in a handshake this, this week at church, and boy, did I really need it. You know, it may, it may just be, I got on my bike and a road, and I saw God. You're not going to see him if you don't look for him. 